Hey everyone, I'm Amanda. And I'm Allie. We are so glad you've joined us today. Our podcast is a platform for women to share their stories. We have a different woman share a story on the first of every month. Sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry, but in the end, it's always encouraging. Be sure to hit subscribe so you'll be alerted the next time we have a podcast. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook, Instagram, or our website, livingoutloud.today. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you will enjoy the show. Now it's time to meet our next guest. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome to September's podcast. We, it's full. We are here eating delicious cupcakes from... Small cakes. Small cakes. We're finally celebrating seven years, seven year anniversary for our podcast. We didn't get a chance to celebrate over cake or anything, so... Because summer was so busy, but July was seven years. I can't, cannot believe it. It doesn't feel like seven years. Seven years. God has been so good and so faithful I mean, he has brought us every guest in his timing, mm-hmm. every story, and I'm just so thankful. And we're almost to 100. Can you believe that? 100 guests. Yeah. We're getting closer. I think we're about number 90, yeah. 90-ish, so praise God. I know. And you know, the other day, Kate was like, y'all only had, what? That's all you've had in seven years? And I oh, was I like, look, we could have done a lot more, but we are in different seasons of life, and we decided seven years ago that we were not going to put pressure on ourselves. We were going to do once, one a month, um, because that's what worked best for Allie having babies and me having <laughs> high schoolers and going here and there. And and so it's been good. You know, there may be a different season one day where we can do two a month. I just love that we give that guest a full month, too. Because, Me too. I mean, in reality, four weeks flies by. It and does. being able to give the opportunity for listeners to have a chance to listen to their whole story yeah. before the next one comes out, whether it's in one sitting or it might take a week or two at different times. Maybe you listen to 15 minutes here and there. I just love that we can kind of really just put them out there for a full month and whatever information they want us to share about themselves or their families. Kind of a spotlight. I do, too. I love it. It's great. It's our groove. Yeah. It works for our lives. It's, yes. It's awesome. These cupcakes are delicious. They are. So didn't you have a story you wanted to tell me that you've been waiting yes. to tell me? That you wouldn't yes. let your husband tell me I last know. night yeah. at dinner. We went to dinner, and I thought he was going to tell you. So um, this was the first year that we took our family, our immediate family, on vacation um, our three kids, um, really four, one in mm-hmm, the womb, mm-hmm. <laughs> but without grandparents or, um, friends or, you know, whoever to go with us. And we just decided that we wanted to take them on a vacation before the new baby and have some quality family time. Um, really low key. We took them to Orange Beach. We had planned on having, our meals, you know, only going to dinner like one night, going out for ice cream, and just enjoying being together. Kind of like a preparation vacation to mold our family before we have this other little one joining us. And um, we found an Airbnb, and we rented that ahead of time, got there, and we're enjoying ourselves. We got there early enough to be able to take a nap um, because our kids still nap. And settled in, woke up from our nap, went to the beach for a few hours, went and got dinner to go at the Shrimp Basket, which is one of our favorites, and came home to eat it in the living room floor. And Mm -hmm. we were all sitting on the rug, having our dinner. They were watching, like, 
Spidey Man. I can't even remember what it was. And my husband very casually says, hey, what, what kind of bug is this? Like whispers to me. And mm-hmm. I looked down and he had taken this bug from the carpet on the straw and like put it on his plate where he was finished with his dinner and said, you know, I can't really figure out what this is. And I was like, hmm. And it dawned on me that I had read several several reviews back months before um, that this condo had had an issue with bed bugs. Mm-mm. And it had been inspected and was completely cleared and Airbnb cleared it and everything was fine. And so I was like, well, let me just Google what a bed bug looks like. I Google bed bug. And I hold it up to the picture oh, our gosh. listeners can't see. And it's the exact same bug. And this bug is fully alive and fully swollen, meaning he has just eaten something. Or, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, full, you know, not a baby. Yeah. So if you've got a, like, mama bed bug where the babies <laughs> is where my, my brain is going. So it's 930 at night. And our kids are finishing dinner, winding down for bed, and we throw them in our car, turn a movie on, and we pack up and get out of there. Oh, my goodness. we could not chance that. Yeah. And um, so it's busy. It's July in Orange Beach, and there's no rooms available. Airbnbs oh for one night, but they're like triple the price. Yeah. You know, I mean, ridiculous. And so we're like, well, we've got we've got to figure out where we can stay. Um, we find this hotel that's a little older, but it's right across from the beach. And it's, they have one room available mm-hmm. in the whole hotel. It was the only room I could find in the whole town of Orange Beach. Like, I had called oh several hotels. They were booked. So we got in. We're like, you know what? Let's just get here. Let's get settled. And we'll figure out what we're going to do tomorrow. Because we still had, like, three days left of vacation. I mean, three yeah. or four days left of vacation. We had just gotten there. And so we find this room, we unpack everything again, kids are cranky, about this 11 o'clock now, Mm -hmm. and we walk in and it's a smoking room. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) But we were like, smoking room versus bed bugs, we'll take it, we don't care. So we all crashed. Um, Long story short, as stressful as that was, the whole time, we just felt God's presence like, you know, we felt like we had the right intentions of taking our children on this vacation. Yeah. It was to spoil them and to have family time together before this baby. And we knew, we knew that God was going to make it good. Mm-hmm. As hard as it was, I mean, me being pregnant and it being hot and just crazy. I mean, by this time we had like unloaded our vehicle three times. And, yeah. you know, we've got young kids. So it's like a pack and play, a mattress pad, like everything. Yeah. We had just bought all these groceries, put all the groceries up in the, in the refrigerator. Well, we get to the room. It has a full-size refrigerator. Praise God. They allowed us to stay there the the three nights mm-hmm. in that exact same room. We didn't have to move again, um, which was a blessing in itself. And then just to finish the story, Airbnb ended up paying for half of our stay oh, at this new hotel and giving us a full reimbursement for the Airbnb. So not only, I mean, as stressful as that was, God made it so good and blessed us. And after that, we had, after we realized we were settled and could have two full days of just fun, um, we did. We had a wonderful time. Yay. I'm glad it worked out. But uh, it was crazy. It started out a little crazy. Yeah. It did. 
Ah, I know I you're thinking, okay, this is not no how I thought this was no, going to start out. No, and I'm picturing, out. like, you know, my kids having all these bites and, like, <laughs> oh, or, or me being pregnant. Well, I'm glad it ended up better than it started. It did, and God was just so faithful. And now we have this crazy story and memory, and our kids do. And it was it gave us a chance to talk through that, too, with them. You know, my nine-year-old was there, and she does not like change. She likes to know what she's doing and when and how and what time. And you could see the anxiety kind of coming on her face of like, what are we going to say? You know, her, her mm-hmm. brain was like, what are we going to do? Cause she's old enough to understand this is a problem, yeah. you know? And just being able to show her how being adaptable and just trusting God is the best thing to do because God, God yeah. has eyes up his sleeve and he did for us. And we were able to talk that through with her. And it was just really cool. That's awesome. Well, yeah. I knew that it had to be something when I was asking about how yes. the vacation was. <laughs> and you were like, I'm going to save it until you. Um, yes. So do you have a yes. favorite thing this month? You know, I was thinking about this. And I'm just going to say my. <laughs> it's funny because I would have never, ever heard myself saying this out loud mm-hmm. in the past. But it's my minivan. Oh, yeah. And. Let me tell you why. And if you're a listener that has younger kids that are still in car seats, or maybe you, your daughter or daughter-in-law is in this season. Um, One thing that I got from a friend that I think is brilliant, and I've done it in my minivan. So this only works if you have like three kids or less. If you have four kids that are in car seats, this would not work. Um, But I have moved the car seat to the very back. And then the middle row, we have, we don't have a bench seat. Mm-hmm. It's like a bucket seat. So you have one car seat in that row, and then you have the stow and go, which is in most vans, mm-hmm. where you can put that seat down, the one okay. beside it. So essentially, you open up the sliding door to get into the back, and it's like an RV. Like, I have this big opening, and then I have the car seat in that middle row on the other side, and then I have the back where two car seats can go side by side in the very back. And then I put a rug down in the middle okay. so I can, like, climb in on my knees. I can change a diaper there. Oh, wow. I can. I mean, it's, like, full it's room. It's kind of like your, it's like your second home. Exactly. When you're on the exactly. road. I have a kids. trash can there for the snacks. I've got, like, a basket with wipes and extra snacks. That's and, so fun. I mean, it's like a, like, miniature camper. Yeah. So, um, well, and, and you're, you, so you, you know something about that a little bit. So. Yes, I do. Yes. <laughs> But it was great. We had it like that. Um, my oldest daughter sat in the back next to my other daughter side by side in the car seat. And then we had that open space. And then the middle row was my son in his car seat. And it just gave us more room to move around and not feel like there's like blankets and just like stuff everywhere. And then you get to where there's no changing table at a gas station, which is anywhere, not just vacation. Where are you going to change your diaper, you know? Right. Your son or I think that's diaper. great. That's right awesome. There. That's a great favorite thing. So that's my favorite thing. Yeah. Well. What about you? I have one because, you know, I haven't had one in a few months. And this is a little different. I don't know. Well, you know about it because I told you about it. My sister told me about the um, new social media called Be Real. Mm, yes. I don't know how long I will love it and <laughs> like it, you know, because you can just Things can get old, and but it's be real. It's cool. A lot of you probably have heard of it, but I like it because it really is so real. It's more real, you know, than the other 
social medias that have filters. It has no filters. It tells how many times you take a picture. <laughs> and you only get to post once a day, which is just awesome to me. And I'm like, there's going to be a lot of people who will not want to do this. you know. But then it also posts you and then what's on the back side of the camera, too. Yeah. Which is funny. And it's, it is so funny. It's, like, real. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. I mean... It's like you really get to see what people are really doing at that time. Oh, yeah. And so, at first, I was telling, when I was trying to still learn about it, I'm like, the only thing I don't like about it is you have to be really attentive to your phone if you're trying to post when it first comes, the notification comes, like, everybody needs to post. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm trying not to be so attentive to it. I mean, yeah. I need it to check text, you know, like, if my kids are not with me um, and the school needs me or whatever, but... Can't you, you do a delayed post though? It'll you still can. You. Yes, okay. you can delay and you can do it and that is totally fine and that's what I've been doing like if I don't see it I just post it later. Um but it tells how long you, you waited to post. Okay. So it's like you can tell if somebody's trying to like fix themselves uh-huh. up because like if you're not in a normally most people are posting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um and I love that. Um and some people post late because they didn't see it until late. So, like, the other day, I was leaving Walmart. Yeah. And um, I was putting my groceries in the car, and my phone was on silent. And I drove home. It took about 10 minutes, 12 minutes to get home. And so, I did not hear the notification or see the notification mm-hmm. until I got home. But it looked like... Um, you know, I did like you weren't prepared to take a picture, right? Yeah, but it wasn't yeah. that. As yeah. soon as I saw it, I'm like, let's take a picture. Yeah. And um, but it doesn't matter. You don't even have. I mean, it can be way later. It, yeah. It it doesn't matter. But I think that's so fun and it's so cool because if you do see it, you want to go ahead and take the picture, mm-hmm. no matter where you're at. I mean, right. you don't want to be in the shower or anything. Yeah. But <laughs> right. Anyway, well, I think it's fun. I downloaded it after you sent it to me, and I have a couple friends on it too. And last weekend, we were eating at Subway in Walmart, mm-hmm. and Wesley and I were beside each other, so it, the notification came off, or came on my phone, and so I clicked the selfie, and my kids were on the two seats on the other side of the table, and so I knew that they'd get in the background. Well, at that time, I like held the phone up to take a selfie of Wesley, and I like leaned in and was like, smile. As soon as I said smile, I hadn't even clicked it, Bentley fell backwards over the back of his chair. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and so I, like, turned my phone off real quick. Like, I didn't even click it. But a part of me, now that he's fine and I realized he was fine, thought, like, that, that would have been hysterical. Because that, it, was, that like, is so real. Because that would have been caught. Like, him, yeah. like, beat up in the air upside down backwards. But, yeah, I did. I turned it off real quick and never got back on. So Well, that's ho- <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay, so... And I like, too, that you don't have, like, a ton of people on there yeah. that you don't know. Like, right. it's really just it's your friends, friends which yeah. is great. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but I wanted to show you this, if I could find it really quick. Well, I don't know if you saw it. Uh, Connor posted, I can't show it to you right now because I can't find it. But Connor yeah. posted a picture of us the other day. We were eating uh-huh. in a restaurant. And you know how it shows him? Uh-huh. But the other picture? Uh-huh. I saw it later on. It was me and Lance eating, and I had, like, if you could have just seen (laughs) the way my face looked, it looked like I was eating my fist. It was the most unattractive, like, terrible, like, when I say unattractive, like, 
it looked like food was falling out of my mouth. <laughs> and I don't even know how he got the picture. And so I posted underneath his thing. I was like, nice picture. Yeah. And then he right. was like, Mom, I'm so sorry. I didn't even realize that was in the background. And I mean, yeah. like, I didn't care. I thought yeah. it was hilarious. It's like yeah. one of the funniest pictures. Well, that's the pictures. point. Be real. Yeah. So that's hilarious. It's actually what I really love about yeah. it. Um, I mean, I may not like it later, but right now yeah. it's fun and different and refreshing uh-huh. to like different do something like that, but it not be. I love that. You know, filtered. For sure. For sure. Alicia Bryant taught high school for 16 years, but just recently transitioned to writing at Lifeway Christian Resources in the Student Ministry Division. She is honored to help spread the gospel throughout the world. She serves alongside her husband, Chris, the discipleship pastor in their church. She has a passion for discipling women and equipping them to fulfill every longing in Christ. She loves God's word, worship, travel, and all Mexican food. Me too, girl. She and Chris are raising one kind-hearted little boy and a feisty little lady in West Monroe, Louisiana. You can find her personal blog at WovenWord, W-O-V-E-N-W-O-R-D.org, where she seeks to help others weave God's word into every fiber of their lives. Welcome, Alicia. Hello, ladies. How is it in West Monroe today? You know, it is hot and muggy and yeah. it's just steamy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oxford has me dreaming of when I was in Montana, like a few months ago. Yes. It's miserable. It's oppressive. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's my dad gave the season. Well, try we being six months pregnant. And- oh. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Been there, done that. Whole nother level. Yeah. yeah. That's all. Baby is due in November. So yes. not November too long 4th. from now. A good congratulations yeah. yes but right yeah. now she's hot so. <laughs> yes, yes so alicia we are just going to let you share your story and then we'll ask you some questions yeah um gosh i you know i guess i would begin specifically with this portion of my story um going back to like december of 2020 um just my family, we really went through a season of hardship and grief. And that's really um, what has led me to where I am here a year and a half later. But that December, you know, COVID was so ramped. Um, I don't know what it was like for you guys in Mississippi, but it was, it was very bad here. And um, I had COVID early December, um, my family members had COVID, but my stepmom, um, who, and I need to back up. She, you know, we call her stepmom, but that word just feels wrong. If that makes sense. Um, she was so much more than that for me. Um, she had been with my dad and they were married when I was like in second grade. And so, um, I'm 38. And so in my life for about 30 years, um, very much just a a second mom. And so she, um, that December, early December came down with COVID and, um, because of a lot of previous health issues, it, it was very difficult for her. And, um, she went into ICU and thankfully at that point, we were able to go in and visit with her. You know, we could see her, but, um, it was pretty much, you know, you hear horror stories about the the COVID experience in ICU. Um, 
the vent, all of that. And we, ex we experienced every bit of that. Um, we prayed so fervently, um, for her healing and, um, God really challenged me during that time about my prayer life. I had always kept my prayers very safe, um, out of fear that if I prayed something too large, you know, if God didn't answer it, how would that affect my faith? How would that, you know, affect my view of him? But when you walk through a season, like we did, it's like, you're left with no, no other option, but to, to beg, <laughs> um, and I did, I begged the Lord for her healing. Um, and so after a couple of weeks, um, you know, our life was pretty much wrapped up in phone calls from the doctor and the numbers on the ventilator. And I learned so much about things that I never planned to learn about during that time. Um, I had to make a lot of very difficult decisions on behalf of my dad. He just could not make the decisions at that time. And um, in the end, you know, we, we prayed for a miracle. I believed God would bring a miracle in her healing. And um, it just didn't pan out the way that we hoped. And so we did lose her on New Year's Day, January 1st of 2021. And um, to say I was crushed would be a huge understatement. <laughs> um, I was devastated. And honestly, from that point over the next year, um, walked through a season of just intense grief that I did not know what to do with. And I didn't know how to shoulder it. Um, I didn't know what God was doing in the midst of it at the time, but it definitely <clears throat> affected me spiritually, emotionally, all of that. Um, I don't want to get too much ahead into like the now and what God has done with it, but that part of my story, I had never walked through loss like that and grief like that. Um, the images I had to see in the hospital are still even today. Sometimes when I try to go to bed at night, I still close my eyes and see the things that I saw. And, um, but God is good and he has worked it for good. And that's really what I want the bulk of this to be about. But I know there's a lot of your listeners out there who have probably walked through something so similar um, with loss, maybe even through COVID. Um, it's, it's horrific. But where God has led me because of that experience is really beautiful. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the backstory. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, you know, how far you want me to go ahead into what he brought out of it, because I know some of the things we'll discuss in a minute will go there, but. Yeah, I, I think we can go ahead and get into the questions and yeah, in a little deeper for sure. Thank you for sharing that. I think that yeah. um, probably a lot of our listeners are going to be able to relate or have some type of understanding of just walking through, especially that that season. Yeah, and even, um, even if something like that didn't happen to a close family member. I know that the fear of it happening yeah. uh, has been played out, I'm sure, in a lot of people's minds um, of what, mm -hmm. what could have happened. So 
Um, thank you for sharing that. And I do, I do want to dive in a little bit more. Um, my first question for you is, um, so fearing death is very normal. You know, we all know that, but what is it about grief that you especially feared or specifically feared? Yeah. I, it's weird. Like, I feel like most people at some point in their life, they do fear death. You know, they fear maybe their own death. Um, for me, I've, I have hope in Christ and I don't fear my own death. Um, but throughout my life, I have had a fear of what it would feel like to walk through grief of losing someone I loved. And, you know, here I am, I'm 38. Um, and I had never really lost someone that close to me um, in that way. And I knew, I think building up to it, we know it's going to happen. You know, we live in a fallen world. Um, death is inevitable, but it's like it hung over me my, my whole life, especially maybe y'all can relate after having children. Um, sometimes Satan really creeps in and, and get your mind there as well. The, the, what if, you know, what if something happens to one of them? And I really feared grief in the sense that, um, I was not sure what it would do to my faith. If I lost someone I loved so deeply, um, I always feared that when that day happened, you know, would it affect my view of who God is? Um, would the pain just be too deep that I would question his character? Um, and there were days like throughout this last year that really threatened to do that, um, where I really had to dig deep to to connect to who God is and, and to remember who he is and not let my circumstances change that, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I, I always had this deep fear that I never spoke to a soul, um, because on the outside, I, I, I seem to have, have it all together. You know, I'm, I'm a minister's wife, um, served in student ministry, all these things. And, but deep down, I, I really, feared the day that I would walk through loss and what it would do to me spiritually. And, um, it was tough, but luckily God, he, he is more good and real to me now than he's ever been, even after this season. And I getting into that later, it will make more sense, but yeah, that I would say that was my fear. Yeah. I think we all have that fear to some degree. I mean, especially mm -hmm. like you said, if you're a mother, um, yeah. life, you just imagine like, you know, losing the closest people to mm -hmm. you and how would you handle and deal with that? So I know for me, scriptures have been the most crucial thing that have in hard suffering trials in my life, um, have what have given me peace and have kept me going. So what are some scriptures you clung to during this period of grief? Yeah, I, for me, like I lived in Psalms. Um, I think it's because if, if you've read Psalms, it's so many of them are centered on either hardship or loss, grief, um, turmoil, even fear for your life, you know? Um, and I, I really spent time there. Um, a couple of them, 
in Psalm 73. I'll just share a few specific ones, but um, Psalm 73, and I'll look at verse 26, and it says, my flesh and my heart may fail, um, but God is the strength of my heart, my portion forever. And if you skip a verse down to 28, it says, but as for me, God's presence is my good. I've made the Lord God my refuge so I can tell about all that you do. And for me, you know, verse 26 was so true. My flesh, gracious, it failed me over and over again um, over the last year and a half. My heart certainly failed. Um, but seeing that God is our strength and he is our portion, um, Verse 28, though, but as for me, God's presence is my good. That is what I had to continually tell myself because there were so many days that I didn't really want to get into his presence. That's just being really raw. Mm -hmm. um, I just didn't. I didn't feel anything. You know, um, I would get into scripture or I would go to church and we would sing and I'm, I'm on our praise team at church and even having to continue to lead worship, um, I had to remind myself, like, there is nothing good apart from him. There is nowhere I can be, no one's presence um, that can be my good. It is, it is literally being in his presence that, that is good. And that was probably a verse I clung to. Um, there are some other verses in Psalms, uh, Psalm 27. 13 and 14, it talks about being convinced that you're going to see God's goodness in the land of the living. And, you know, we do, we think about eternity and we think complete peace and safety and uh, refuge. But I love that verse because we see his goodness here. And when you're going through trauma, um, sometimes we, we can get kind of fixated on that. And we forget like his goodness really is still here because he's present. Um, and his presence is our good. And so those verses really worked closely together for me. Um, there were several others in Psalms, you know, about him being close to the brokenhearted, you know, just complete and utter comfort in his word. And I want to share this too, like, Leading up to this loss, um, I had really become apathetic in my time with the Lord and in spending time in his word. And it's something he had started to reawaken in me um, and just lovingly drawing me back into it. And I think when you've walked with the Lord for a while, it can sometimes feel stale, if that makes sense, um, reading his word. and. I had just been there for a while. Um, it felt stale. And, but in this grief process, like it truly became my bread, my, my life, as it talks about in Deuteronomy. And I began to have this passion for it again that I had not felt. And I think it's because I knew like I needed it so desperately um, because I could have gone a different direction, you know, and in my flesh and in my heart, I wanted to go the other direction. And there were days I didn't want to read the word, but I think sometimes when you continue to have that spiritual discipline, um, 
and you continue to obey, even when you emotionally or, you know, you just, you don't feel anything. That is when God is so faithful. Um, and he meets you there and it just, sometimes it's a process though. And I love that he is so patient and kind. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, I love those scriptures that you mentioned, and it's just a reminder that, you know, scripture points us to God's presence. Mm -hmm. You know, whenever we're going through anything, if we know to go straight to God's word, you know, it, it points us straight to God's presence. Like you said, a lot of times we forget or don't make time to just Mm -hmm. be there and to remember that he is here. And so I I think of Kylie White, her story a few months ago, you know, Mm -hmm. when she was diagnosed with that, she was losing her eyesight and maybe she had two years. And I just, the most beautiful part of that story I said then, and I, I still just think about today is that yeah, of course she was devastated and she Mm -hmm. was shocked, but she immediately started thinking about all the scripture that she had memorized and that she had hid in her heart. God brought them to her mind to minister to her in that very moment that gave her peace, like Mm -hmm. peace that can only come from the Lord and his word. Mm -hmm. And it pointed her to God's presence, just like what you're talking about, you know, um, it's not going to take away the hurt, but Mm -mm. He, we know that he's holding us during that time that we're hurting and it makes the hurt and the grief a little bit better, you know, like not better. It's kind of like my husband's been telling my boys, he showed them this video the other day, you know, it was a basketball coach talking about how, you know, people say, I'm going to do this and it's going to get easier. You know, the motivation is one day I'm going to get there and it's going to get easier. And she's like, it doesn't get easier. Mm -hmm. We just learn to handle hard better. And the encouragement to my boys and the challenge was like, life doesn't get easier. You're waiting for it to get easier. You have, it's going to be harder for you. But if you just know in your mind and expect, Hey, I'm going to handle hard better. But the only way we as Christians can handle hard better is if we're walking through the trials and the suffering, knowing that God's presence is with us and that Mm -hmm. he's the one getting us through it. He's the one that gets us to a place where we can handle the hard better because he's doing it through us. I love that about the scriptures that, and how the, how you talked about how they both kind of went together. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, I think also probably one of the lies that the enemy tries to throw at us is that we shouldn't even like almost don't get in the word. Don't dig deeper if you don't feel like it because you're, you know, like then it's fake Mm -hmm. or, you know, I'm saying that in quotes and that is just such a lie because I know there have been times in my life or times of grief or struggle that I have just done it because I know that that's what God has commanded me to do is to get in the word, even when I don't feel it even when I don't want to be there. And sometimes even when it doesn't feel in the moment, sometimes comforting, Mm -hmm. but then it always comes back. Like it always comes back full circle. Usually something happens that day that goes back to that scripture. I mean, God just works in that. And I think being faithful to continue digging into the word, pressing into God in the pain, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. eventually Mm-hmm. you do like eventually it does change you and yeah your, and your heart and just what you're experiencing you look at it from a different angle 
right. I do with that. And it reminds you that you fill up with God's word in the, the good, easy season. So when mm-hmm. you're going through the hard seasons, they're automatically it's there. there. Yeah. 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 I love that. Um, I definitely found that to be true for me during that time. Like I said, there were so many days I didn't feel anything and it was more about obedience and just trusting. Okay. Like I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep meeting him here. Um, and he's, he's going to restore me. You know, this is a season, this isn't forever, but that is a really tough pill to swallow when you're in the middle of it. And, but he is so faithful. Um, so, so faithful. Absolutely. And I know in my experience with times of grief, community is such a big part of that process of healing. And so my question to you is what role did your husband and other people in your Christian community play in helping you through this time? Yeah. I mean, my husband was literally my rock. Um, It's so neat to see how when you have a husband or you have a spouse who is seeking the Lord, um, how even when you're at your lowest and I mean, your worst version of yourself, they just shoulder it with you. And I remember he would he would definitely let me cry. He would let me talk. I mean, he heard the same things probably from me over and over, but there was one night in particular toward closer to the end of 2021, um, where I was just having a very rough day with grief and I was in bed getting ready to go to sleep. And he was telling me good night and he kind of knelt down beside me and I just couldn't stop crying. Um, And he just finally said, Alicia, you've got to think about where you're dwelling. And if you're dwelling on the loss, you cannot simultaneously dwell in Jesus. And you, you need to dwell in him instead of dwelling on the circumstances. And it was just like a light bulb went off for me. Um, I was also at the same time starting a Bible study. Um, it was Priscilla Schreier's uh, Elijah Bible study. Holy, if you have never done it, um, it's incredible. And it, it all lined up and he was so right. I had sort of for about a year fixated on what I had lost and fixated on the sadness instead of fixing my eyes on hope and on Christ. And um, that was just sort of a wake up moment for me. And I also had some very close friends, accountability partners who basically confirmed what he said, you know, um, and challenged me to feel what I feel, but also like fix your eyes on Jesus, you know, fix your eyes on the hope he's given you and don't lose sight of what he's given you to do. And out of that, I I found like new purpose, you know, in this season and, and in God reawakening my love for his word. And that's where I had this idea to start a blog and just be really transparent about my struggles, you know, because I know there are so many people's struggles are the same and, but Christian community for me, and then my husband and my family speaking truth over me during that time was instrumental. And so many people isolate, 
you know, when they're grieving. And uh, I attempted to do that, but I, I never did. And, and I think it was just God's grace. Like the people in my life didn't allow it. Um, and it's so, so important to have that when you are walking through a season like this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know you said that we would get into more of what God did in your life and, and showed you. So what did God do through this time in your life? So much. Um, my dad, you know, he lived with us for a little bit and I don't want to tell too much of like his story because it's his, but up until losing my stepmom, um, he wasn't involved in church. He, he didn't go to church, but when all of this happened, he did start going with us to our church and the man has not missed a day since. Um, he has plugged into a men's group. He has served in retreats and, um, a couple of months after we lost her, he rededicated his life and was baptized and it was just beautiful um, to think that out of such loss, like there was, there was life that was born. And, you know, we see that over and over in scripture and, but to see the change in him and it, it doesn't take away that things are so hard, but he has found the Lord and my son also like uh, a little over a year after we lost her, he pretty much for a whole year was asking questions. He's eight years old and he was asking questions about heaven and where she was and Jesus and the sacrifice. And we took it very slow being a minister's kid. Um, we're very much aware of the pressure on him and we wanted it to be his decision. And after about a year of talking through it, he was ready and he made that decision. And um, so those are my two, you know, greatest joys that, gosh, like something that was so horrific, God used it. Like he didn't let it stay in that place. He, he had purpose in it. And I just think about had I not been obedient, had I not stayed connected to him and continued to worship him, even when it really, really hurt, how could that affected my son? And would he have sought the Lord if he didn't watch me seek the Lord? You know, um, I also started a blog and long story that 13 years ago, I moved to Nashville and just really wanted to work and write for Lifeway um, and help write Bible studies. And um, I rushed ahead of the Lord. I moved to Nashville on impulse and wound up moving right back like a month and a half later and continued to teach high school English. And so um, I've been teaching high school English for 16 years. And over the course of this year, after experiencing um, a death like this, that was so quick, um, God just showed me like, it's time to step out, like step out on faith. I've given you this desire. Life is so short. And so I did, I, I started a blog and I applied for a position with Lifeway and over the course of several months, it led to one interview after another and God's hand was just so apparent. And, um, 
So I will be writing for their student ministry division. Um, I start in two weeks and walking away from a teaching career to do that. I, I used to probably would have been terrified, but I'm so excited and I see God's hand and how he has even used um, the loss in my life to, to push me to, to do this, to be obedient to him in ways that I may would have been too fearful to do in the past. And so he has just brought so much good and, and it doesn't diminish, you know, the hard days, but it does bring purpose in them. And I think that only happens when you, when you can hand your grief over to the Lord and let him help you shoulder it and just lay it down, you know, and not hold on to it and not fixate on it for forever. And, um, he's just, he has just been abundantly good to me. That's so incredible. I mean, only God can do and bring amazing things from such a hard, hard, hard situation. I mean, a life changing, grieving death situation, God was working always he's always working in in the midst of suffering and we never know what he's going to bring from that but I'm just thinking about um I mean your dad and your child Mm -hmm. coming to know the Lord as a result of something so hard in your life only God can do that and I mean I, I know you would say like as much as you love your stepmother there's mm-hmm. nothing more important than your family coming to know him Absolutely. And, then, and then just the, your dream coming true with being a writer and it being with Lifeway I mean God is amazing yeah so yeah fun. and so I have a question about the detail of that part you said you've been teaching mm-hmm. for 16 years did you move to Nashville before you started teaching No, I had been teaching um, for about two years and just I staffed um, Infuge, which is under the Lifeway umbrella and did that for nine weeks and just sort of because of some things in my life, I wanted to rush ahead. I thought I needed to kind of take control and um, I thought I'm just going to move to Nashville. I'm just going to do it, you know, and I said I prayed about it, but I didn't. I made it happen in my own timing, if that makes sense. But my dream was to move there and work for Lifeway and write for Lifeway. Um, But then I moved right back home and picked back up with my teaching career. And it was all in God's timing too. Um, I've always looked back at that decision with such heartache and shame and just um, embarrassment, you know, that I did something so impulsive without consulting the Lord. And to see how God has actually used that in where I am now. Um, it's just such a lesson that he, he can take our mistakes and redeem them even when it's 13 years later. Um, never in my dreams did I think this would happen. And so the experience I've had in the last, you know, 13, 14 years teaching and serving in ministry with my husband have made the biggest, you know, I don't know that it's just contributed so much to preparing me for where I'm headed now. I wasn't ready 13 years ago, if that makes sense. 
Well, and it's encouraging to me because I mean, 13 years, even though it's really not a long time, mm-hmm. kind of is in a way. I mean, 13 <laughs> years and to go from, you know, that being your dream to almost in a sense, dying to that dream, not knowing right. if it yeah. was possible ever, hoping that it yes. is. I think that a lot of times we can be in certain seasons and just because it doesn't work out when we want it to think that it's just not ever going to work out and it just and that's exactly yeah it's just a great reminder to know like if God says no it doesn't mean no it could be not yet and there's always Mm -hmm. a reason why and I mean you're you are proving that by telling us you know all the things that you learned and and went through Mm -hmm. in those 13 years oh yeah absolutely um it had purpose I was not ready 13 years ago yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we need to start wrapping up our time, but one more question that I had for you, um, mm. maybe somebody's listening to this right now and ha- either walking through a season of grief or, mm. um, coming out of that season. Uh, what would you say to somebody that's walking through the unthinkable? Yeah. I think the biggest thing is allow yourself to feel what you're feeling. You know, I don't think we should ever squash that grief, um, you're going to need to feel it and allow your heart to hurt. But, um, probably some of the biggest things I would tell them to do is do not isolate yourself from people. Do not isolate yourself from, um, your brothers and sisters in Christ who can speak truth over you and, um, continue to do the things that, you know, God has commanded you to do even when you don't feel anything. And so that includes, you know, getting into the word, um, worshiping him, praying, those things that we know we should do, but we tend to lose them, you know, and, and drop them on the priority list when we are going through hard times. Continue to do it because he will meet you there. And the scripture that you take in during those times, they, they will begin to settle into your heart. They will bring you peace that you cannot imagine. Um, the other thing I would just encourage you if you're walking through this season is just please know God's character does not change. And when life is hard and you're walking through loss or, you know, loss of a job, whatever, um, that does not impact who God is. He is still good. His word says he's good. And I cling to that. And I cling to that because that's our hope. You know, it's, it's our salvation. It's our eternity. And we are not confined to the things that happen here. This, this is not it. This is not forever. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's probably what I would share with someone if they're currently walking through that. Thank you so much. There's so much encouragement and truth in all that you shared today. And we just appreciate you coming on and encouraging our listeners. Oh, yeah. Today. Thank y'all. 